Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Have you been looking for new music to scratch that itch? I highly recommend After Dark. Their style is very smooth, 90s type music, and I hella recommend, <laughs> I hella recommend checking them out. So, um, today's show is brought to you by them. So if you want to be supportive, just go click their Spotify, check them out. The song Colors is fantastic. Same with Breakaway. And I mean, really, their whole repertoire is pretty good pretty good so sorry so i highly recommend that you check them out hello and welcome back to the conquest of bliss i am here with kim mcintyre of joyful being transformations how are you today kim i'm doing good kara thanks for having me on I'm so excited to have you on. When I saw what you do for work, I was really excited. It's very in line with what I love to share with people. So can you share a little bit about what it is that you do? What is Joyful Being? Yeah, so I help people who are wanting to have more joy, yearning for more joy, more laughter, more upbeat, high vibe feelings in their life, but they just get you know, bogged down in the to-do lists and the shoulds and all the stuff of life, you know, down on top of them. So I help them find a way out of that to reclaim joy, reclaim laughter and fun. Okay. Okay. Oh, I have so many questions. Okay. We'll start with the most simple. In your perspective, joy versus happiness, same thing, different. How might they be different? I think everybody has their own definitions. My Mm -hmm. personal definition is Happiness is kind of a broader term in terms of happiness with your life, happiness in general. Joy, I think of more as something in the moment, you know, like a beautiful moment that can bring you joy, you know, a a moment of awe or wonder or happiness. That's just, you know, that I'm really present in this moment and joy just bubbles up in that. That's the way I think of it. But um, other people may have other definitions and that's all good too. Yeah. I, I love that. Actually, yeah, so I totally agree. It's the reason I ask is because I'm always interested and I like to highlight to people how often we're using the same words differently. Um, yeah. But uh, but my definition is very similar. Happiness is much broader, similar to contentedness, whereas mm-hmm. joy is something that sparks, you know, it's it's a feeling and not, not a lot different than sadness can come into your life suddenly, so can joy. Yeah. Um, so my, my follow-up question, and thank you for answering that because... I, I knew that there's not just one answer. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. <clears throat> but my follow-up question would be, you know, you talked about the things that get bogged down. So is your focus more on creating more space in your life for joy to come in or creating space within those things for, for joy to become a part of them? Does that make sense? I think I know what you're saying. And I think it's different for every person. I mean, for some people, if they are so in the stress of it, they need some basic stress relief techniques. Like joy is too far a stretch at that (laughs) point, you know? So they just need some basic soothing, some self-care, some, you know, different stress relief techniques. And I teach that as well. So the people have less, if you have less stress, you're more likely to have that space Mm -hmm. for more joy to come in. And it's also about being aware of where joy is for you as an individual, because I think that can be different for different people. Mm -hmm. And knowing the types of things that spark joy for you, if you know that, you can kind of lean in that direction and seek those things out and make more space. Mm -hmm. 
That totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, one of the questions, I guess, I guess uh, the the further part of that question um, would be, what about like, you know, uh, you know, transformations is right in the name of your stuff, the the transformative nature of like, okay, I'll explain what I mean. And then and then maybe it'll be clearer. You know, (laughs) somehow I I believe that you're not a mind reader. Okay, so for me, (laughs) something that used to cause more stress for me would be Mm -hmm. like something as simple, I'm gonna go super simple dishes. Okay, disliked Mm -hmm. doing the dishes now through mindfulness, as well as observing, um, observing the benefits is the word I'm looking for observing the benefits Mm -hmm. of doing the dishes and stuff like that. I don't know if I would quite say joy, but it is something that I I enjoy a lot more instead of instead of loathe like I used to is is that a piece of it as well? I love that you use that example so much because <laughs> that was one of mine. Like I would walk by a dirty kitchen and I would instantly feel depressed and instantly feel down. Mm-hmm. And so how I trained myself out of it and towards joy, I like what you said about the mindfulness and the being present and, you know, almost making it a meditative thing. That's great. What I did, I needed something more than that. So <laughs> what I did was I would put on my favorite upbeat music while doing the kitchen, cleaning the dishes, cleaning the, you know, whatever, and dance while I was doing it. And all of a sudden, I mean, that I would did that for a few months, actually, and it cured me of feeling depressed seeing the dishes. And, and now sometimes when I, you know, I'm loading the dishwasher, even in my mind, I've got like boogie <laughs> songs going, even if I don't have the actual music on. And so that's a key for me is music and dance as a way to shift in that direction because the music automatically has an impact on how you feel about anything in any moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, effectively, what's really interesting about music is that it's effectively a drug. Um, it uh, <laughs> It's literally just there to manipulate your stuff. But I really love how, like, what you were just talking about is very, like, Pavlovian, you know, where yeah. you almost, like, trigger, you, you set up triggers for good for a good time. Is that is that a common theme in, in, in your work and what you do? I've never looked at it that way, but maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am salivating. No, um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I I think I think there is an element of habit in our thoughts, habit in our behavior, and it is making habits that are more in the direction of enjoying things, even if it's not big, huge joy, even if it's just. Oh, you know, even if it is that mindfulness and enjoying the mindfulness of washing the dishes and feeling the soap on your hands and the, the you know, the satisfaction of getting the crumbs off the counter and all of a sudden it's clean, like being in the moment with that. Um, I, I don't know if that's Pavlovian or not, but it certainly could be. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just thinking about how now, like when you approach the dishes, you're like bebopping and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is going to be fantastic. Um, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, it just, rem- it just made me think of, of that. So um, before we go too much further, I'm very interested in what led you here. You know, um, not a- nobody starts with this kind of business. You've always, you've always got to get there somehow, so. Yeah, so... I faced a health challenge a little over 20 years ago, and it was extremely stressful, and my life had been stressful for the decade prior to this health challenge. And 
I just, for some extra support while I was weighing all the different medical decisions, I went to this mind-body healing program that I heard about here, you know, near where I live. And so we went in every day and did all this really cool stuff like art therapy and, you know, talk therapy and dance and all these different things. And the thing we did every day that hooked me was therapeutic play. So we would just play games without keeping score just to laugh and have fun and enjoy each other's company. And it was like I came home to myself. It was like a part of myself that I had lost touch with in the middle of all the stress. It was like, oh, this part of me, this part of me that used to be in theater and loved to play and loved to be, you know, this vibrant kid that I used to be and all of that. It just was like coming home to all that. It was like a light turned on inside of me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, and then not long after I took that program, I found a training to become a certified laughter leader, which is basically a lot of people may have heard it called laughter yoga. And so I got trained in that. And so I combined what I learned in the mind-body healing program with what I learned in the laughter yoga program. And I just started teaching people how to have more laughter and joy in their life and doing that mostly with groups of people. And I ran a laughter group for about six years in town. And then I just started speaking at conferences and different, you know, doing classes on my own and it's just so much fun to it's really an honor to see that light bulb turn on inside of other people you know go oh wow I you know this is this is a part of me too you know I'm mm-hmm. not just this big you know ball of stress walking around I can also laugh and have fun yeah I really love that. And I have questions about laughter yoga just because I've never talked to someone who's done or especially not led it before. So definitely curious. Um, Number one, can you just describe what it is? I know what it is, but people may not. So first, could you describe what it Um, is? There's different forms of it, I would say. I do a more basic form because I think the laughter yoga, as I was taught, was a little far out there for a lot of people. Um, But it's basically fake it till you make it, you know? So you imitate the sound of laughter. And even if you don't get to the make it part, even if you don't get to the genuine laughter, your body can feel different just from the fake laughter. Mm -hmm. It really shifts how you feel in the moment. And um, to give you an example, I recently was doing my very first national TV interview, right? And so I was like, And I was like actually having panic attacks in the middle of the night, like waking up in a panic going, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And every time I would start to feel the panic come on, I do a little laughter yoga and it would calm me down enough and just settle me out to do it. And then right before I got on to do the interview, I was like, (laughs) 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 and I was just like, okay, I'm good to go now. So, um, yeah, so it is that. And when you do it together in a group, then you have that group sound. And this, mm-hmm. of course, the sound of laughter is contagious. Yes. So genuine laughter tends to happen. And so, you know, and I, in my new series on my YouTube channel, at the end, I always do a little laughter yoga for people. And I think just hearing me laugh, like you just heard me laugh now, <laughs> that cracks people up because the sound is is contagious. So, um, and, but it's just, I use it a lot as a tool, as a stress relief tool and as a lift myself up kind of tool. So yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And you were very, very helpful in the description. And that is, that is how I understood it, which also makes me feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I know things. Um, um, but uh, the, the first question I have then about about that, or really the second question, I already asked a question. Um, 
the second question I have about that is the, how do you, how do people, so I don't really struggle with it myself, but I know a lot of people struggle with trying to look cool. How do you get past that piece of feeling silly or feeling mm -hmm. fake or whatever feelings that come up with that in order to, to move forward? Because I know that there was a time in my life where I was certainly way too cool to, to do that. How do you, how do you address that type of um, challenge, yeah. barrier? Um, well, there's a couple things. Normally, if someone has chosen to come to one of my classes, it's not that hard to get them past that. Fair. Um, you know. <laughs> um, but the one thing I always tell them is to give themselves permission to laugh and act and be silly like they're a little kid again. And it's the permission word that's key to give themselves mm -hmm. permission. And that is helpful. When I don't say that, then I have to do a lot of coaxing and a lot of, you know, but usually the minute I say that, I end up with a room full of big kids, right? Love that. Um, and I don't, you know, if it's a group, like let's say I'm doing a breakout session at a conference and the people don't know each other, mm -hmm. that never comes up. You know, and if there are one or two people <laughs> in the room who aren't, it isn't right for it, I've had people get up and walk out while, you know, 95% of the people are having a great time. But that's okay. It's not for everybody, you know. Um, but there have been times where I've talked to a corporate group where they're in the room with all their coworkers. <laughs> yeah. And then I just, what I usually do, the other thing I do is I play games instead first maybe i don't necessarily oh i don't usually go straight for the laughter yoga i play interactive games to get that playfulness and that childlikeness out sooner kind of warm them up a little bit mm -hmm. <laughs> with the games because um laughter yoga isn't for everybody but everybody can play a game you know yes so um, and usually guessing games and things like that tend to bring out the laughter more than, you know, like a board game or something like that would do. But with a group room full of people, you know, I do a simple games like, you know, they're tapping on balloons up in the air and then going, woohoo, you know, and they just, they get into it, you know, and it's, and it's fun. It's fun to act like you're a little kid again. That is the, oh, okay. Like I'm the biggest little kid, the biggest little kid, you know what I mean? I'm very much <laughs> that way. And, uh, I, I enjoy joking around, um, playful, playful learning, playful living in general. Um, you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing a sort of a trend where it's it's falling back into schools instead of being just hyperdisciplinary stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's really exciting. Um, so, and I, sorry, I did not prepare you for this question, but do you like? Would you be able to share some of the the benefits to play play and laughter? I mean, I feel like there are, a lot of them are obvious, but I never know what I know that's obvious versus what I know that's not, so. Sure, well, we'll start with the obvious. The obvious <laughs> is it lifts your spirits, makes you feel better, instantly boosts your mood, boosts your energy. Um, the benefits from laughter that are the most proven is it helps with pain reduction. So um, it actually, now some people think it's because it's distracting you from the pain, but I've actually had people have pain absolutely disappear just wow. from doing laughter yoga. Um, now, obviously that's not in place of whatever your doctors told you to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have had one point, you know, if it's something that normally gives you pain, that isn't a new pain, it's like a chronic pain that you're used to and you, you know, you've had it diagnosed and all of that. 
and the laughter can't hurt unless it's unless it's abdominal pain. Then you don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, aggravate the very muscles that you're that you're in pain with. But yeah, like I had one woman who came to one of my groups, and she heard me say that it was great for pain relief. And um, she went home a few days later. She had these massive leg cramps that she would get that would normally send her to the emergency room. She said, "Well, before I call my doc, my daughter to take me to the emergency room." Kim said laughter exercise would help with pain, so I've got nothing to lose. So she just did it. She didn't feel like laughing in that moment. Well, of let course. me just preface, preface it like that. She did not feel at all like laughing, but she's like, I'm just going to do it. And she did it, and her leg cramps disappeared, you know? And I can't tell you how many times during a, a group I would have somebody up, come up to me afterwards and go, somewhere in the middle of laughing, my headache disappeared. So it it can help, but it's not like a permanent thing. I mean, yeah. it's something that you would need to keep doing if you have chronic pain. But um, it's certainly um, a lot of fun, and I have used it that way as well. So, That's very yeah. very cool. Like yeah, like I, I know I maybe seem really focused. I'm really always focused on tools and stuff that people can mm-hmm. take away. It's really exciting. Um, because that's something that's never been brought up on my show before, and it seems so obvious now um, that playful playfulness has been, but laughter as a tool. Yeah, yeah. Somebody wrote a book. I'm trying to think his name. His last name might have been Cousins. He wrote it like two or three decades ago about how he was dealing with a chronic pain issue, and he got himself all these sitcoms things that he liked, and like on you know VHS tape or oh, yeah. time or whatever yeah. <laughs> play them over and over and over again and he feels like he cured himself or whatever was going on with him with the laughter i i wouldn't go so far to say it's a cure oh i don't want to take that away from him you can't know for sure if something's a cure or not but like for me when i was facing that health challenge all those years ago i know that for me a huge benefit was I felt like myself again. It gave me energy again, that playfulness, the games, the laughter. It it helped my mindset in facing the challenge I was facing. And I know that I went through it in a different way because of that, because mm-hmm, of that, yeah. life, that life force energy that it gave me. Yeah. That totally makes sense. And I, and I mean, it's, it's very obvious how it can help on a, uh, on a psychological level as well. So mm-hmm. the next question I have is another one that um, I, I was going to say it's another one that you didn't know. We, we didn't plan this. You don't know any yeah. of the questions. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, so when you first started this transformation in your own life, did you find you had a lot of pushback? I know that I've had pushback, you know, about my people make fun of me for being optimistic or all sorts of things. And I mean, of course, those people, you know, aren't necessarily close with me or they're so close with me that they can say anything. Um, but did you have a lot of pushback with the playfulness? Like, you know, people, a lot of people want things to be very serious all the time, I guess is the question that I'm asking. Um, you. Well, the people closest to me, no. Um but I did have, when I was first doing it as speaking, oh God, it was a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> I had this experience where I went, again, it's one of those companies. And it was maybe the first really huge group I ever did. It was like mm-hmm. 100 people. And they were all people who knew each other. And I was doing the laughter yoga the way I've been trained to do it. I since tweaked it since then because... <laughs> The way I was trained to do it is fine for people who are open to it, but to go mm-hmm. into a room full of people who are a bit skeptical or a bit sarcastic or whatever, I completely lost control of the room. And 
they were making fun of me. Like it was like this pushback of they were too cool and they were making fun of me or whatever. And I just went home just feeling humiliated. Like, Oh my God, I can't do this. And I'm like, I continued with my small groups and, you know, built up my confidence because the small groups were going fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then I adapted it to go, okay, well, what if I bring in and play the games first and introduce it and tell them to give themselves permission? Like all the things that I put into the structure, I I sort of learned the hard way Mm -hmm. what people needed to be able to do it. Well, I'm so glad I asked that question. I'm so glad that you were willing to be vulnerable and answer it. I think that's the first time I've ever told that story on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I have another story I've told before where I lost control of the room with a group of kids and I have not taught laughter (laughs) again since because they were just bouncing off the walls having a great time. Um, It was a little bit too much for me. But in terms of adults, yeah, that was was a very... um, a uh, hard one lesson that I got from that of, okay, I need to make this work in a different way because the people who are coming and they see a laughter group and they're coming to it, they're in a different state. But even them, the thing that I used to do a lot was like, make sure, and this always helped me with my nerves at the beginning as well, make sure I welcome them because they're stepping outside of their comfort zone to come and do something different that they've never do. They may be feeling unsure. So instead of sitting here nervous, worried about, you know, what they're going to think of me, just welcome them the moment they walk in the door and make them feel like, okay, this is a safe place. This is a place where you can explore and try something new and it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. And, and just to go a little further to your point, it's just really interesting what you were just saying is I think that that's really useful for almost any situation where you're helping people, but that help involves them being vulnerable is, is to remember that as much as you might be the quote unquote, one doing the favor, one doing the helping, you know, they are also giving a lot by allowing you into that part of themselves. So I think that that's really, really good, solid advice. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and it, it made a big difference in the whole experience, not for both me and them. It just made it feel good from the get go. So yeah. um, if uh, if if I were to ask, like, what's the, the number one thing that you would share with someone who didn't know where to start? I always like to ask, where do you mm-hmm. think people could start? Yeah. Um, again, I don't think I have a one size fits all answer. I think it would depend on the person. Um, but I would start by noticing what brings you joy. And so here's the thing. Sometimes when you ask people like, what brings you joy or what, what do you enjoy? People actually don't know because they so lost touch with it. You know, Mm. a while back I taught a class called Give Yourself Some Fun, where I just talk about just rediscovering how to find your fun because it's, it's different for everybody. And so I would say start small. Like don't think that it has to be some giant, huge thing to start small and just maybe make a little list for yourself. Oh, I like doing this. I enjoy this. I laugh when I do this. I feel good when I do this. And then when you need to, you can pull that list out and go, is there something here that I could go find for myself right now? Like that Mm. might be a great way to start. I love that. I love that. Uh, Finding out. And it leads me to another question and it might not seem related, but it's related in my brain, I swear. Um, So... That list for a lot of people, especially when you're first starting out and you don't really know, 
Um, there's a decent amount of things on that list for people I know at least could be things that in large amounts could become problematic. How, mm-hmm. how can people um, maintain balance? Like let's say, you know, just for keeping things PC and easy, let's say it's chocolate cake. I got two tuxedo cakes for my birthday and it mm. is insane and I love tuxedo cake. So say it's tuxedo cake because tuxedo cake brings me a lot of joy. Now, if I decide to overindulge in these yeah. joyful things, there can be consequences. So how do you sort of address that piece? I think you have to ask yourself, is this really enhancing my well-being in the long run? You know, and having that one piece of cake may be. You eat the entire cake in one sitting, not so much, you know? (laughs) And so, like, you look at, is there a price to pay down the road, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, it might make you feel really good to binge, any kind of binge, you know, Netflix, Amazon, you know, any kind of binge like that, right? But then there's a price to pay in terms of your credit card debt or your energy, or even if it's alcohol, a hangover, you know, stuff like that. So you have to look at how does this make me feel in the long run? Because what I'm helping people to aim for is something that enhances their well-being for the long run. You know, it's not something that then has a price to pay. So, um, so yeah, so like the the free gift on my website is questions to help you with that discovery process. And Perfect. those are questions that help you because questions are so powerful. Questions like point your mind in the right direction, you know, and questions can point your mind in a not so great direction too. You know, if you're asking yourself, what is wrong with me? Why does this keep happening to me? You know, <laughs> your your brain's going to tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> but if you say, you know, how what, what could be enjoyable to me right now or things like that. And so uh, it's filled with questions to help with that discovery process for people, because I think for a lot of people, it's like a blank slate. If you ask them, what brings you shy? And like, I have absolutely no idea. I can't remember the last time I felt joyful, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it, a step can be to ask yourself these questions and just stay open to exploring what that is for you. And also keep an awareness of that. You know, I, I like chocolate cake too, you know? And so, <laughs> um, oh, but I know if I give myself a sugar coma afterwards, that that's, that usually spirals me down instead of lifts me up. So you have to kind of look, is it a, is it a downward spiral thing or an upward spiral thing? That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think that um, questioning, question asking, um, what I always call exploration is is pretty mm-hmm. much the key to finding anything about yourself. Is yeah. it's amazing how little the world will tell you about you if you don't if you don't look <laughs> in, inward. Um, yeah, yeah. So I uh, before we move on to our super fun game. I was wondering if you could tell people where they can find this information. Obviously, we'll have everything in the show notes, but where can they get this info? And Sure. So my website is joyfulbeing.com, and there's a link even on the homepage to get the free questions. But if you want to go straight there, it's joyfulbeing.com slash questions. <laughs> and um, my YouTube channel is, if you search four words, Joyful Being with Kim, and that uh, will search those on YouTube and that would bring up my YouTube channel. And I put out, uh, right now I'm putting out something called inspiration and laughter series. And so it always ends with that little bit of laughter yoga at the end. So, yeah. And then the first part is just content to kind of lift you up and make you feel good. So, yeah. And if you, you know, when you get the free questions, 
you get put on my uh, email list, my newsletter. I, I send out a newsletter when the new YouTubes come out um, so that people can check those out as well. Um, and obviously they can unsubscribe if they don't want to stay <laughs> on the list. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm on the usual social media places as well. Um, not as regularly as I am on YouTube, but yeah. All right. Well, everybody needs to go check that out because honestly, this has been fantastic and I am excited to learn more because, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's so good. OK, but our super fun game is going to be you guessing Gen Z slang. So uh, it's going to be interesting because I doubt I'll know any of it. So <laughs> I, I bet you'll know some. I bet you'll know some. There's one on Gen Z slang that everybody has known. And I'll make sure I include that one. Okay. <laughs> First well, if we'll I don't know them, I'm just going to laugh. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so what does it mean to say that someone or something is basic? Oh, basic would be like, oh, okay, I've heard this. <laughs> basic. Um, it means you're basic. It means you're just so-so, right? You know, you're just kind of, yeah, eh. Yeah, it, it mostly not- means like unoriginal. Okay. Yeah, there you like go. mainstream. Like yeah. Okay. Um, okay, what does it mean to say bet? E E T? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> it means it's like a term of agreement. So like if I was like, Hey, I'm going to the store later, you'd be like, Bet. Okay. Hey, this is education for me. Thank you. I watched your previous ones where you were like doing 1920s slang and I knew all of that. <laughs> I try really hard to, you know, pick one that, that someone doesn't know. Doesn't know. Um. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's education as well. I love it. Um, what does it say mean to say cap or no cap? I'm trying to think that I, what I could guess on that one. Um, cap or no cap. I have no clue. Cap means to lie, and okay. no cap means to not lie. So if I was like, she told me he's got a crush on him, no cap. Or if someone said, I'm calling cap, that would mean the first time it means I'm not even kidding. And then the second time, it means I'm calling you out on a lie. I'm calling cap. Okay. Yeah. And keep in mind right. that I am 32 as of a couple of days ago. So I am not Gen <laughs> Z. Um, hey. So- I'm a couple years away from 60, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my point is that if I'm messing it up, blame the the Gen Z slang. Um, What does it mean to say that you are dragging someone? Um, Or someone's getting dragged? It means they're doing something they don't want to do? No, it means means to, like, rake over the coals. Um, Uh, So if someone's getting dragged, like, okay, so, like, I've seen it used a lot in Facebook groups. So someone says something in a Facebook group and then the whole group disagrees and then they like are like hating on them or whatever. Wow. That'd be them getting dragged. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm so I'm so modern, I know. Well, that is that is a drag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes, that's such a drag. <laughs> that's how I knew it too. Okay, we're gonna do two more. The last one, I'm sure you're gonna know. I, I'm like oh, 80% don't say sure. That. <laughs> Me. <laughs> um, the second to last one is what does it mean to say catch these hands? Catch these hands. Um that makes no sense to me because <laughs> if you're catching something, you're catching it with your hands. 
So how are hands catching hands? I don't get it. So it, it means to start a fight. Okay. They're like, get out of my way, or you're gonna catch hands. Catch these hands. Oh, like you're yeah. Punching like they're gonna. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't make any of these up. Um, and then the last one, <laughs> which I'm super confident, is what does it mean to say that someone got ghosted? Oh, I know that one. Okay, it means somebody stopped communicating with them completely. Yes. 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 Um, without, without explaining why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's the one. I'm like everybody. There's one that everyone gets. Again, that's a drag. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my first episode ever was about getting ghosted. And I was like, oh, it's the first one. It has the most downloads of all of my episodes. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, it's a thing I think that happens to a lot of people. But (laughs) it's okay. Now I'm in a happy relationship and it's it's irrelevant to now. Yeah. Oh, I love how my first episode is like me getting ghosted. It's fantastic. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, yeah, is there anything that you wanted to add before I say goodbye to the audience? Uh, Just noticing how playing this game got us laughing and having fun together. And so that is something that I always encourage people to do with their family, with their friends. You know, like during COVID, I was like, get on Zoom and have like a game night on Zoom. You know, it's just it's so essential to who we are to have that connection with other human beings and to have it be a playful energy that you can share. Yeah. I totally agree. And I would even add, you can be playful by yourself if you need to, too. Oh, yeah. Like, how can I I make this a little more fun, a little more playful? You know, like, how can I dance to the music while I do my dishes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for joining us. This was, this was, a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. It was a blast. I enjoyed it. Thanks. And uh, to my audience, please don't forget to like, review, subscribe, and don't forget that I love you. Bye.